Bibles, look with me in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. It's good to be in the Lord's house this morning, isn't it? It's good to be saved. About four of you think so. It's good to be saved. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There's nothing better in this world than Jesus, knowing that your sins are forgiven, and knowing that you have a home in glory land. We ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. We've got something to rejoice over. We have something to be happy about. We know him. He's great. And he ought to be great to us. Our lives. Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, I don't know what to tell you about the PowerPoint. I changed everything. Hopefully God changed everything. But I'm going a little different route, but with the same scriptures this morning. Hebrews 2 and verse 1. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them, 
witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. I want to change things up than what you find in your bulletin this morning. The Lord just laid upon my heart this morning to go a little different route, and I want to be obedient to Him this morning because it's all about Him. And I believe if we will submit His will way this morning, that He will impact our life and change us. There's two points that I want to look at this morning. Number one, great neglect. The great salvation great neglect. First off, I want to look at the great salvation. I want you to notice the writer of Hebrews says in verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Great salvation. I believe it's safe to say today that the salvation that we receive through Jesus Christ is a great salvation. How can you value something great? How is it today that we value somebody or something great in our life? And as I said to the children, most of the time, it is because of the influence or the impact that something has in our life that to us makes them great or makes it great. And so the more something or someone has influence and impact, the greater the impact, the greater that they are. Now, some of y'all may say that the preacher is great. Some of you may say the preacher is sorry. I'm glad I didn't get any amens there. But as you go through, our opinions would be different about me or somebody else, and it depends on the impact. And the more that I've impacted your life, the more influence that I've had in your life, the greater that you may look at me or think of me. Well, folks, I believe today that Jesus is great. I believe the salvation that he has given us ought to be great. I believe that what God has done for us... Can y'all not hear me? It's popping in and out. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me greatly? There you go. But the salvation that God has given us should be great. The influence, the impact... The salvation of God is great. The greatest thing that has ever taken place in your life should be the day that you got saved. If that day that you got saved did not impact you, then you didn't get saved. If that day did not influence your life, then you did not get saved because the salvation that God gives us is not an ordinary salvation. It's not a common salvation, but it's a great salvation. And the salvation of Jesus Christ is great. Being saved is a blessing. The greatness of his salvation blesses our life. It's blessed. We are blessed to be saved. Man, what a blessing. Can you today honestly say that God's salvation is great? Man, it should have changed your life. It should change your outlook. It should change your perception. Why? Because his salvation is great. The writer of Hebrews said that God's salvation is not just ordinary salvation, but it's great salvation. Why is it so great today? Well, I believe, number one, because of the person of salvation. You cannot have salvation without a Savior. You cannot be saved unless somebody saves you. If there's going to be salvation, there must be one who institutes that salvation. If there's going to be salvation, there must be one that brings in that salvation. 
May I tell you today, the person of salvation is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. There is no other person when it comes to salvation. Salvation is not in Muhammad. Salvation is not in Balaam or Baal. Salvation is in Jesus, the Son of the living God. Salvation is not in you. Salvation is not in the preacher. Salvation is in Jesus. Salvation is a person. Understand today that true, genuine salvation involves the person of salvation. May I tell you the person of salvation is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. If you do not know Jesus, you do not know salvation. People say, well, I'm saved, preacher. Well, how are you saved? And they mention a preacher, and they mention a work, or they mention a baptistry. But folks, when you meet somebody that's really saved, they mention the person of salvation. They say, I remember the day that I met Jesus, and God saved me, and God restored me. May I tell you the reason salvation is so great is because of the person of salvation. Would you hold your spot there and look in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians has fallen out of my Bible this morning. There it is. I found it. Colossians chapter 2. In verse 9. Why is Jesus the person of salvation? The Bible says in Colossians 2 in verse 9. For in him, which is Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. So how is Jesus the person of salvation? Verse 9 says that for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God chose to put all that he is in the person of Jesus Christ. Why do Christians exalt Jesus above everybody? Because the God of heaven, the God of earth, chose to put all that he is in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. And he put the fullness of him in Jesus. The Bible says that in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. If you want God, you must have Jesus. Everything that God is, he put in Jesus. Every characteristic, every attribute, everything that God is, he put it in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. That's why we are complete in him. That's why he's the person of salvation because you cannot get complete in anybody else other than Jesus. Why must I go to Jesus? Because all that God is is in him. All that God is is in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. His holiness is in Jesus. His power is in Jesus. His authority is in Jesus. His preciousness is in Jesus. May I tell you that his beauty is in Jesus. You know what? When you get Jesus, you get God. When you get the Son, bless God, you get the Father. That's why he and he alone is the person of salvation. I want you to look here in Ephesians chapter 1. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised from the dead 
and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, that's Christ, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body in the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And so God filled Jesus, and then Jesus filled us. And the reason that Jesus can fill us, because God chose to put him above everybody. That's why salvation is not in a religion. That's why it's not in a religious leader or a politician, but it's in Jesus. Because God chose for him to be the person of salvation. Well, aren't you the Savior, preacher? Because God didn't choose me. Well, why isn't Muhammad the, the way of salvation? God didn't choose him. He chose Jesus. He chose Jesus above me. He chose Jesus above the Democrats and the Republicans. He chose Jesus above Donald Trump or, or Obama. He chose Jesus above all. And there's one Savior upon the face of the earth, and it's the person of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I don't like it. Well, God didn't ask you. He didn't ask for your opinion. Well, I don't like that Jesus is the only way. Folks, God made him the person. And if you're going to get to God, you must go through his person. And the end of that scripture said that in us, that he fills us all in all. Because when you get Jesus, you get God. And when he comes down and he dwells in our, in our life, the fullness of the Godhead bodily is dwelling in us. Not only the person of salvation, but how about the plan of salvation? You know what makes salvation so great? Not only the person, but the plan of salvation. From the very beginning of time, God didn't just say one day, you know what, I think them folks are going to need somebody to save them. I believe what the Bible says, that from the foundation of the earth, that God had a plan in mind. This plan was not an accident, it was not a coincidence. The plan for us to be saved and to provide us a Savior was planned before the foundation of the earth. And he knew that man would rebel and be disobedient to him. And he said, you know what? When Adam rebels against me, I'm going to send him a Savior. In fact, when Adam disobeyed the Lord, he told him, he said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You know what that is? That is the plan of Jesus Christ being unveiled. God said in the Garden of Eden, somebody's coming to bruise the head of the devil. And there at the very beginning, we see the plan of salvation begin to unfold. What happened when Adam and Eve had sinned? They needed a covering. They, them fig leaves didn't work, did it? They had to kill the animals. They had to shed the blood. <laughs> the blood was shed so that their bodies could be covered. What is that, preacher? That's the plan of God being unveiled. And you go through and through Aaron, we see the priesthood of Christ. 
through Elijah and Elisha, we see the, the prophet uh, of Christ. Through King David, we see the kingdom of Christ. God didn't just say one day, well, I'm going to send them somebody. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. And he didn't, somebody, he didn't send somebody to bring chaos, but he brought somebody to bring order. And so if he was going to bring order, he was going to have to do it in order. And he came through the seed of Abraham, and he raised up a nation and made them great and promised that that seed would be the Savior of the universe. And he kept going down the line. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, whoo, all the way down to King David. Then we got a king, bless the Lord. Amen. He say, oh, what a coincidence. No, folks, God knew what he was doing at the beginning. He had this plan. From Genesis to Malachi, God knew, his people knew that the sun was coming. He didn't one day just fall out of the sky. God did this with order. And he did it to save our souls. And he didn't go out there and pick anybody. He picked a pure virgin. You say, preacher, my kids are in here. Well, they need to hear it. They need to know what one is today. A virgin. My Savior was born of a virgin. And he breathed upon this woman. Jesus did not come by the seed of man because sin comes down through the seed of man. Understand today Jesus is not of the seed of man, but he's of the seed of God. And he placed himself in, in woman. And when that woman gave birth that day, she gave birth to the son of the living God. And he walked upon the face of the earth, and he lived and he walked perfectly. Y'all with me? Wake up. We're talking about Jesus. Y'all quit neglecting it. Wake up. God highly exalted him. You ought to exalt him enough to stay awake and to live for him and to work for him and to serve him on a daily basis. And folks, this plan has been unraveled from the beginning of the face of the earth. And then at Calvary, the plan of God began to take place. It was no coincidence that he was at Golgotha. It was no coincidence that the centurion servant was there. God had it all in place. And on that third and glorious morning, whew, it's no coincidence that the stone was rolled away. God had it planned from the beginning. And that day that Jesus rose again from the dead, whew, the plan of salvation was fulfilled. He defeated death, hell, and the grave so that all men can be saved. The person of salvation is pretty great, ain't it? The plan is pretty great, but how about the price? The price of salvation is pretty great. Why is it so great, preacher? Because it's free. Y'all didn't hear me. It's free. For by grace are ye saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is a gift. The gift of God. The price of salvation is free and open to everybody that will receive it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You have to receive it. You say, preacher, I'm trying hard to work for it. You'll never do good enough. 
Salvation is not based upon what you can do. It is based upon what Jesus has already done for you. It's free. Don't y'all like free? Man, if Walmart said everything's free, y'all be breaking these walls down. And God has shouted from all of eternity, it's free. And people won't come. God said it's free. And people cuss him and despise him. It's free to all men, to all women, to all children, from all nations. It's free. And the government said it's free and we all come running. God said it's free and we rejected it. And folks, it may be free for us, but it cost him everything. I may not get to do this anymore, so I'm going to do it. Come on, Connor. I've got one son right now. And he's mine. And you can't have him. This little sucker aggravates me sometimes. But I love the fire out of him. He's mine. And there ain't no denying it. And I love you. And I want to see the best for you. But I'm not going to give you Connor. I'm not going to give you my son. Folks, salvation may be free to us, but it costs God his only begotten son. And the price of salvation is precious in the eyes of God. It may not cost you nothing, but it cost him everything. How shall we escape if we neglect that great salvation? That great salvation, the person, the plan, the price. How shall you escape the judgment of God if you neglect so great salvation? What if you neglect the opportunity of salvation? God will judge you. If you escape so great a salvation, you will be judged by the judgment of God. The opportunity's here. The opportunity's now. You can be saved today. The greatest message of salvation is that salvation is today. It's not the salvation of tomorrow, but it's a today salvation. It is a salvation that can be received right now. And here you are sitting in promised land, Missionary Baptist Church. You've been under the preaching of God's Word. God's telling you that He wants to save you. God's telling you that He gave you a person, a plan, and a price. And here we sit, and we are neglecting the opportunity of salvation. The Holy Spirit's calling, be saved, be saved, be saved. Folks, when you stand before God, you will stand without excuse. How are you going to escape? What good excuse are you going to come up with? Well, God, I don't like that preacher. Who cares who the preacher is? It's about the message. It's about the person. And God's here saying, be saved. You saved person sitting there saying, I, can't, I don't know how people can just turn it down. Why won't they run down there? Folks, if I was lost, I would run down the aisle right now. If I didn't know I was going to heaven when I died, 
They ain't nothing pretty about that, folks. I'd come running down the aisle right now. How are you going to escape if you pass up this opportunity? But child of God, before you get self-righteous, what about the obligation of salvation? He wasn't really talking about lost folks. He was talking about saved people. And he said, you've been given this great salvation. And you got a responsibility, but you've neglected it. You got the greatest thing in the world, and we set it on the bookshelf so we can look at it every now and then, make us feel good and warm inside. And he said, child of God, how can you live in such a manner that you neglect so great a salvation? How are you going to escape the judgment of God? Brother Neil, we got everything that we need in the plan of salvation. And we're sitting here on our blessed assurance, praise God, happy, satisfied, sanctified, and miserable all at the same time. We can't even stay awake to listen about a message about Jesus. We can't even get up in the morning to get to Sunday school so our little kids can hear about Zacchaeus being saved. We can't even go tell somebody about Jesus. And we're saying, I, can't, I don't know how them lost people won't get saved. God's saying, I don't know how you saved people won't act like you're saved. Whew. Don't neglect don't neglect. Lost person, don't neglect it. Child of God, don't neglect it. Whew, take advantage of it today. If I had a pill in my hand and said, I got the cure for cancer right here, come get it. Y'all knock this skinny preacher out of the way, wouldn't you? Y'all just flip me out of the way like I was nothing. Folks, Jesus is right here. And he's ready to save your soul. Don't neglect so great a salvation.